Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. My name is Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, I have a question. Jeff, mm-hmm. how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Um, trying to get some, trying to get some like good sleep lately. Yeah. Oh, all of last, all of last chasing that dragon, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, all of last week I was like, by the time I was driving home, I was like starting to doze at the wheel and it's like, I can't be doing that on a regular basis. So, um, so yeah, uh, Hopefully we won't be recording for too much later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um we just g- finished recording an episode with Crit Academy. Yes. So we just like last week or two weeks ago or something recorded with DMs of Vancouver, and mm-hmm. now we're on Crit Academy that'll be coming out pretty soon. Hopefully. Yep. So so yeah, we're we're recording a little bit later than usual. This right. might be a bit of a shorter episode. Sure. Not one of our hour and a half <laughs> monstrosities. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah I so I. I just started work again. I was off for about a month and I, I, this is my first episode we've recorded after I've gone back to work and I can say my feet hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was, it was, I was like, had a crazy sleep schedule during the break, but mm-hmm. now it's, you know, I have to wake up at a certain time. So right. A fun little life hack that I am doing in order to make sure that I wake up on time. Oh yeah. I put my alarm clock inside a lockbox. <laughs> How's and that? And then I lock out? it and then I put the key on the other side of the house. So I have to go get it. Um, it's worked out pretty well so far. The uh-huh. first couple days I was afraid it, the alarm wasn't going to go off or whatever. So I kept waking up before sure. it happened. Um, I, I mean the, the main reason that I'm doing it is because there were too many times where I would wake up hit the turn it off on my phone and then just go back to sleep and not even remember it. Mm-hmm. I still have the option to just turn it off and go back to sleep, but I guarantee you I'm going to remember if I got up and walked across the house and had to find the key in order to right. stop it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And like once you're, once you're up on your feet, sometimes you're like, well, okay, I kind of, I have to go to the bathroom. And then once you're in the bathroom, you're like, well, I might as well, you know, brush your yeah. teeth and do whatever. There was one day where I did go back to sleep after turning it off for like half an hour. But again, I remembered it and I, you know yeah anyway so uh so yeah last week uh-huh. so so a little bit under a week before today we played D. yeah we played more D. we're actually playing D. What, what happened jeff did anything exciting happen oh right yes i teased <laughs> I it last forgot. week <laughs> I forgot this was a big thing what did i do last week <laughs> so we uh, we were we were fighting on an airship, and so yep. Gabe three D printed an airship. Three uh, D printed a little airship. Yeah, a little, little terrain airship, you yep. know, piece. And yeah, took, it took about seventy hours of printing <laughs> to get it done. I mean, only, like you don't have to actively be there the whole no, time. No, but, but you but have to check on it. There were so many different parts that, like, I and, and because it was such a time crunch. Like when I first started printing it, I had to go to Google and be like, "How many hours until Tuesday at six p.m.?" Right, <laughs> and I had to make sure I would have enough time. And I it was cutting it close, mm-hmm. so I had to know when every print was going to finish so that I could run down down to the printer, yeah, swap it, you know, take it off, and then start another one. Right, yeah, you couldn't let us uh, print. I couldn't. Sit. There, there mm-hmm. was at least one time where I had to like wake up halfway through the middle of my night so that I could go 
start a new print to make sure that you know it was it was done that reminds me of when i helped my dad smoke like smoke a brisket oh yeah it was yeah. just like through the night you have to like wake up and like you know add, yeah. i forget what you actually have to do just add more wood chips add, add more chips yeah yeah something like that and like but i remember helping him do this waking up to help him do this and he would already be up doing it he's <laughs> right, like right. he told me like i'll get up at this time this time and this time yeah and i would you he'd like get up at 2 a.m so i'd have an alarm set for 2 a.m and i'd walk out and he'd to, already be he'd out already there. be out there doing it. like why did you ask me <laughs> i could be sleeping right now yeah Anyway, but um, I I think I really like how the airship turned out. I've posted on a, about it on social media by now. If I haven't, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but uh, but what did you think of the encounter? I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, like it it there was like the little like discs that the enemies I, were because riding the enemies on are and... riding on discs, little magical discs. So yeah. I three D printed these little green yeah discs. Right. Yeah. So I know, like we got to ride on those. Yeah. And, yeah. Because like, you and Steve both at some point jumped uh, on, gra- you know, stole one of them and right. flew around on it. I was like, if they're gonna get off of it, I'm gonna get right on. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. Like that's that's cool. And so it was it was a fun, uh, it was a fun battle. It. Uh, we were rolling really poorly. You were. You were. The enemies got several crits on you. But... Yeah. We were rolling very poorly. You were getting lots of crits. It like it went a lot longer than it should have for the for the, like the level that we were, but yeah. like I mean it also made it more exciting, you know. Yeah, like, no, I I was like I was prepared in case the battle went too easily. I was prepared with more more bad guys to show sure. up. But luckily I didn't I didn't need it. I think with the number that showed up initially. It was an exciting encounter. It was yeah. a d- dynamic encounter. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Like one of them got away. Like we barely, yep. we barely made it out of there. It was that the, the, the airship had started to go down because yeah. they, one of them kidnapped the, grabbed the pilot and flew off. Right. And then, um, as the ship was going down, one of the one remaining Noel saw a, one of the discs starting to like over to started to fly past the ship. So he just jumped on, jumped, jumped on it and flew away. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought that was a lot of fun. I, I was, I think I was expecting a bigger reaction from you guys because I, I, I think I had hyped it up so much. Not that the end result wasn't great, right. but it wasn't a surprise. I'm like, I think sure. Steve told me like he, he had a pretty good idea of what I, it was going to be. I had, I had guessed that, that what is what it was, yeah. but it, I mean, it was still like really cool. I should have said absolutely nothing. Sure. I should have just been like, <laughs> oh, 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 is D and D today? Oh shoot. Yeah. Come on. Come on downstairs guys. Right. Bam. Right. I mean, you know, it was still really cool. And like, that's yeah. a thing we can use again later. My, my intention, because like I could have just had as part of the encounter, I could have just had to be, oh, it gets destroyed. But like, I, I printed this thing. I would love to make more adventures involving it. So, mm-hmm. so no, you guys were able to save it. And then, uh, if yeah. we continue this campaign, yeah, cause we don't even know who it belongs to. We yeah. won't spoil the, the, the adventure, but yeah. it's, you know, we, we, you know, you're led to believe it belongs to one person and it may, may or may not. I don't know. Yeah. yeah who knows? Who, who can say Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, spoilers for this adventure. I mean, it's in the book. So if anybody happens to be playing through the, uh, adventure in the Rising from the Last War book. Small spoilers: the final encounter is going to be on a train. Yeah, I don't... and it might be a battle. It might not be a battle. But sure. I'm considering. I don't know when the next time is we'll play. I'm considering maybe see if I can print at least one train car. Right. Yeah. You know that be yeah. <laughs> like when that came up, I was like, wait, did you? Are you printing a train right now? Because the printer, I mean, the printer there was, was... There was one more piece that didn't. It was an optional piece that I wasn't going to print originally at all. Right. But I decided I should probably print it it was on the printer while we were playing yeah so it's like is he is he printing a train back there what's going on 
So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that was a great, it was, it's again, who would have thought D and D is fun to play. Right. Exactly. It was a ton of fun to play. And I, I love, I'm really liking this, uh, the idea of printing terrain. Like I, I talked about, I had had issues printing miniatures and I'm trying to focus on terrain instead. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to go ahead and get into this episode? Sure. Okay. I want you to imagine that you're hanging out at school and some sort of a weird interdimensional thing happens and oh. suddenly um, some other plane of existence gets slapped into the school. Like, this, it gets melded with the school. Okay. Give me a... Um, just give me a d20 roll to see how well you fare during the, this interdimensional thing or whatever i hate the sorry the little dice tower that i have the dice keep getting caught there's like a little they can just get caught in a spot where you can't see what the die is i got a 19 19 whoa okay it's um, pretty pretty dang good for me yeah in this you, die. you feel two different realities forcing their way into each other and you manage to sidestep most of the whatever yeah. the heck and when you come to your school has been melded with some sort of a dungeon Ooh. And it's kind of smoky in here. You think that there's like, maybe you see creatures off in the distance with glowing eyes, breathing fire and whatnot. But you remember what you were taught to do in this situation. You look over <laughs> at the wall and there is a, a little box with a pane of glass in the front <laughs> on which it says, uh, it says, break glass in case of the dragon's horde. <laughs> That was, a, that was a real weird path I took right. to get there. Well, well, wait, but what's inside that? Uh, what's inside that box? Gabe? Well, so what's inside the box is a ring that was submitted by Sean M via Facebook. Oh, okay. The item today is the break glass ring. What? Oh, the, but but that's actually what it's called. It's called the break glass ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. Sometimes the Dragon's Horde intros are <laughs> vaguely inspired by what the item is. Right, yeah. Vaguely. Right. So, this item, the Break Glass Ring, this ring offers a final opportunity for a spellcaster who falls in battle. The ring takes up a slot in the same way any other special item would. Before a long rest, a spellcaster may cast a spell while adding this ring as a focus. Should the attuned caster fall unconscious in battle while wearing this ring, the spell contained activates immediately. If the ring is removed, 24 hours should pass or another long rest is taken, the spell fades. If the caster wishes to replace the spell, they may again follow the steps above and again take a long rest. Hmm. So it is kind of like a ring of spell storing, which is a ring that you cast a spell into and then... I think you set conditions. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But the ring spells where you, you, you cast a spell into the ring and you can cast it later right. from the ring instead of from yourself. Or you can cast a spell into the ring and hand it to someone else. Yeah. They can use it. So this is similar, mm -hmm. but this is specifically triggered by you falling unconscious. Right. It's like the, it's a specific contingency yes. spell thing. I think that's what I was, yeah, I was combining this ring spell storing with the contingency spell. So it is, yeah, it's a, it is a ring of spell storing kind of with a, contingent uh with one specific contingency on it now um i when i first read this i thought oh clearly like a cleric would use this and you cast heal heal or cure serious yeah. wounds or whatever so that when you go unconscious you come back up but i was thinking you know it doesn't say this but maybe it can only it can only be 
worn by the person who put the spell in. Like, it, it doesn't function if you give it to someone else. Sure. So what if a wizard got it, or a sorcerer, or a warlock, or whatever, then... What are some interesting things that you could cast into it that you would want to go off when you when you fall unconscious? Mm-hmm. So maybe, okay, you knocked me out. Fine, fireball. I don't care what happens. I'm right. gonna die anyway. Yeah, yeah. Something like that could uh, could be exciting. Yeah, throw up, throw up an entangle spell or something yeah. like that. It makes you know the everything around your body difficult terrain. Sure. Which might actually hurt you because then your buddies can't get to you to heal you. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> I suppose so. Uh, maybe teleport. If you're sure. able to set the destination ahead of time, yeah, you, teleport back home. Teleport to the hospital. To, to, yeah, to a hospital. You just show up. Yeah. <laughs> you're back at your house and nobody's there, and you bleed out. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you tell you teleport to a location where you have another ring. Sure, <laughs> so, sure. So you teleport into the ring, <laughs> and that ring has a the healing spell on it. You teleport into a spot where you have a Rube Goldberg device set up that when it feels the weight of your body, it like a little boot kicks over a ball that rolls down, hits a chicken, which then lays an egg. Yeah. And then eventually uh, puts, puts another ring on your finger. Yeah. <laughs> that, that casts I was going to say spell. like pours a potion down your throat or something. Sure. <laughs> puts another ring on your finger, I think is, is even better. Right. Um, <laughs> Yes. So <laughs> it just like it opens up the door and then like, you know, you have somebody sitting there waiting to cast a spell on sure, you or something. Sure. Or even like, uh, I mean, it, there doesn't seem to be a, a level limit on the spells that can be cast in it. So like temporal stasis. Okay. If you're really afraid that something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm unconscious, but uh, I'll be like this forever it, until like, someone saves me. The wish spell. Like, I wish that didn't happen. Right. Like, how does how does a w- I wish I had just drank a potion instead. Like, how do you? Yeah, but how do you do a wish spell when you're unconscious? Like, like yeah, is it like a, you're already setting the specific wish? Yeah, I would probably put a clause in here that you have to set all conditions. Yeah. Uh, when you, either you have to set all conditions when you cast into the ring, or upon falling unconscious, you have like a I don't know a, a reaction to sure set the conditions then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yeah, this this has a lot of potential. There's definitely some potential. I think it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, one more thing that I might want to add to this is it's called the break glass ring. I would describe the ring as being made of glass. Mm-hmm. Also, I would have it be that once it functions, it breaks. Sure, it's like it is a consumable rather than a permanent magic item. Yeah, makes me think of the ring of sacrifice and in, in, very in much Dark Souls. so. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. that's that's what that is. Yeah, so you're able to. Die with no consequences, but yep. the, except for that the ring breaks. Yeah, so I, I think this is, a, this is a neat item. I, again, I would make a, just a couple little changes, but mm-hmm. it's cool. I think it, it's got a, got a cool effect. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, so thank you very much, Sean M., uh, for submitting the, the break glass ring. Uh, Jeff, if anybody wanted to submit a magic item for the Dragon's Horde, mm-hmm. or a story for the Funeral Pyre, or Retirement Village, mm-hmm. or questions for us to discuss in our main segment... How would they get those to us? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com or join us on our interparty discord at bit.ly slash interparty discord. That's correct. And yeah, we got a lot of people on the discord. Got some great discussion going on there. So yeah, yeah, come and come and uh, check us out. Uh, Before we go any further, we got a giveaway (gasps) to give today. Oh, yeah. So uh, again, we are giving away a copy of the Unearthed Tips and Tricks Volume 1 from Crit Academy. And I mentioned last week that uh, I'm actually 
I was going to be working on Unearthed Tips and Tricks Volume 2. Oh, yeah? I actually had to check with Justin today. I wanted to make, before that episode goes out, I wanted to make sure, hey, it's okay if I if I mentioned that, right? And right. He said, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to make, I, I, it didn't occur to me until after we recorded that, that uh, maybe, maybe it's being kept secret. Right. For now. They, like they haven't announced it yet. Or... Right, right. But I've, I've started, I've gotten started on it. Mm-hmm. It'll still be a few months before it's out, but, uh, but. Sure. Making, making some progress. So expect that. Anyway, sorry. Unearthed Tips and Tricks, Volume 1. It is a book from Crit Academy that mm-hmm. I helped write. Mm-hmm. It is a collection of character concepts, encounter concepts, monster variants, magic items, DM tips, and player tips. 25 of each of those. Yeah. From from the Crit Academy podcast. We've gone, we've we've collected them, written them out in easy-to-use to fashion, and they're all in that book. It's a great, great book. Yeah. I, even if I didn't have, if I had nothing to do with making it myself, I would still be talking about how great of a book this is because it's such a great concept. Sure. So we're giving away a free copy of this. And who is our winner this week? This week's winner is Colin W. Whoa, 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 winner. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Yes. Congratulations, Colin W. You should be getting that pretty soon. Um, so check your email. I'm not sure if it's going to go to your spam folder or not, but just in case, check your spam folder. And, uh, and yeah, thank you for writing in. And hopefully you will leave Crit Academy a review. If you go mm-hmm. to DMs Guild, you can leave them a review for the product on there. Um, let them know what you think, because if you like it or, or you don't like it, it can help them and me, I guess, <laughs> give you uh, uh, better products in the future. Right. So, so yeah. And Jeff, if anybody else wanted to enter this drawing, if they wanted to be like Colin W. and win a free copy of this great book from Crit Academy... Mm-hmm. How would they do so? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com with unearthed tips and tricks in the subject line. Yes. And I can't remember if it made it into the podcast or not, but one person sent us a real cute picture of a tortoise <gasps> a few episodes, a few weeks ago. Yeah. So that'll, that won't, <laughs> won't make it any more likely that you'll win. But we'll enjoy but it. We will enjoy it. Yeah. So. Cute pictures of uh, turtles, tortoises, yep. rats. Rats are always a, a fan favorite. <laughs> it is, it is the year of the rat. It, is the year of the rat? I bought some 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 like little stickers to use on Steam. Oh yeah, that are adorable. <laughs> yes, Steve actually told me to to ask you about those. Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, thank you to Critic Academy for helping uh, give this this wonderful giveaway to all of our uh, you know our listeners. And yeah, just send us an email with that in the subject line, and hopefully you will win very soon. Yep. And I want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for helping make the show happen. We have a Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. For anyone not familiar, Patreon is an online platform where you can pledge to donate a certain amount of money per month to the creator of your choice. And uh, with us, we've got uh, some cool stuff on there for patrons. We've got outtakes. We've got a monthly bonus podcast called Interpatron Conflict, where Mm -hmm. we talk about various topics. Around the time that this episode goes out, we should have one of those coming out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. We've got a monthly Roll20 game that, as of this recording, I think I'm going to try to switch over to being an Eberron game because I'm really enjoying playing Eberron. Yeah. So stay tuned on that. Um, Yeah, we've we've got uh, some cool rewards on there. So if you want to help out the show and you want to get some cool stuff in return, Go to patreon.com slash interpartyconflict, check out the rewards, see if it appeals to you, and if so, think about contributing to the show. Yeah. And of course, thank you again to everybody who has contributed so far. You guys are awesome. Yeah. And uh, just one more thing, check out the other podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. Check out Crit Academy. We mentioned them with the Unearthed Tips and Tricks book, but Justin, Ian, and Brandon create new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. We, again, were just on an episode of their show just right. recently. That was a lot of fun. We mm-hmm. were on an episode of their show Sometime last year? 
I think so. I don't yeah. remember exactly when, but sometime last year. And uh, and yeah, they're great. Also, check out Brute Force and Ignorance. They are an actual play podcast on the network. They're great as well. Also, check out D&D Character Lab. It's not making any more episodes, but Garen and Dan made characters every week and debated whose characters were better. Mm-hmm. Enough of all that. Let's get into some questions, Jeff. All right. Our first question comes from Astria on Discord, and they ask, have you ever made a character based off of a background and then use the class as just a mechanic? Yeah. So you're... you're you know, your character concept is based off of the background, not mm-hmm. the class. Right. Um, I'm a huge fan. I, I don't know if I have done this specifically, but mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of reskinning a class to fit a character concept. Right. So Astria gave us an example that was, for example, a, a folk hero who mechanically is a monk. But the reason they, they gained their fame was because they were able to, you know, they were like able to hold their own in a hand to hand fight and they fought off. Mm-hmm. you know, some baron or something. I don't right, know. Yeah. But then, so like mechanically are they are a monk. If you're looking at what abilities they have, they're a monk. Yeah. But they didn't train in a monastery and so right. on. They're just a dude who fought off a bunch of people and now they're a folk hero. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's really, that's great. Cause like, I, I feel like that makes you more likely to have a interesting character background and not yep. just like, you know, you're not just making, you know, a, you know, a character based on the mechanics. You're not just making a like, you know, a powerful build. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're giving it, you're giving it some background there. Yeah. Um, I have, I'm trying to think of examples of characters that I have done something similar to this. It mm-hmm. wasn't fifth edition, but back in 3.5, um, I made a character that we were playing in a campaign that was, it was, we were, it was so overpowered. We had like super high stats and we were all given like a major bloodline, which was a, <laughs> a variant rule from Unearthed Arcana. And basically we were all given a whole, we were given a whole bunch of options we could choose from bonus feats, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And, um, I, I really wanted to go hog wild with my character concept. And so I had decided that my character was a Titan. So like the, you know, gigantic, powerful, magical beings called Titans. He was a Titan that had been like frozen in time for a long time and all of his power, most of his power had been like drained from him, which caused, which reduced him in size as well. Like he was medium sized. He's on the larger end of medium size, but his, I mean, again, it wasn't a fifth edition background, right. but the character concept was he was this powerful magical being and just all of his power was drained from him mm-hmm. over the, you know, over the centuries or whatever. And so mechanically, I sat down and I looked at, uh, he was going to be a barbarian, um, barbarian warlock multi-class. Okay. And, and so I sat down and I like planned out his entire progression so that I could know, okay, what are some, I could look at what abilities the class has got and I could say, what are some abilities that Titans get? Mm -hmm. And then what are ways that I can reflect this in his, his class abilities? Yeah. So like I looked at, you know, some of the things that some of the warlock abilities and so on and so on. But anyway, my point is that I I, I started with a, a very high concept and then the classes were just set dressing. Like it was it was just that is to get me the abilities that will make my that will enhance my background. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um I think Justin from Crit Academy made he advertised it as being a new class, quote unquote, but basically it was just a multi-class fighter barbarian mm-hmm. that thematically was the Venom symbiote from, right. from Marvel. Yeah. And um, 
That, I think, is a very similar concept. Again, like the classes, he isn't a trained fighter. He isn't a barbarian who flies into a rage every now and then. Mm -hmm. It's that his character concept is he has this symbiote that takes over his body from time to time. And so that's where all of his class abilities come from. They are all in service of the character concept. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I love that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm totally down for that any day of the week. Yeah. Like I, I tend to go the other way around. I usually find the classes that, that do something really cool, like do a little multi-class build and then I build the background, you know, around sure. it or something. But like, I like, I like the idea of just like the, the class is just sort of a means to an end yeah. to your characters, the way that you want your character to be. Yeah. Um, I, it's not the way that it made, but the, the Warfers that I played in our, in, in our uh, Eberron adventure, sure. like, you know, it's kind of like, like he was, his background was, he's like a soldier or something, you know, yeah. like he was a soldier cause he was a Warforged, but like, you know, but like that, you know, the idea of a soldier doesn't really fit into, he's a warlock sorcerer. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, his body got damaged and now the magic from his body is coming out and that's him casting spells yeah so like his his wild magic surge is his body malfunctioning yeah and his uh yeah i i think that's that's a great character concept and that is very similar you yeah the 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 class is you are not a person with a bloodline and a patron and whatnot right it's that you are this broken warforged and then your class abilities are just in service of Mm -hmm. the background right I, i love that i I honestly, I kind of feel like that is better than being like, oh, yep, I'm a fighter. I went to the fighter college. Right. I went to fighter school. I'm I'm a wizard and I trained at the wizard academy. I mean, those are those are fine. You can do that. But I would much rather play a a barbarian like barbarian class who is a noble Mm -hmm. that I'm just a noble that I get real angry Mm -hmm. when people don't do what I because I've. I've grown up my entire life. Everybody does what I say. Sure. And when they don't do what I say, I get real aggressive. Yeah, I get mad. I would much rather play that than to play, oh yeah, I lived out in the out in the wilds. Right. And I was part of a tribe and my axe is like made of bones or something. I mean sure. th- that can be its own thing. That's a that's a great character concept on its own. Mm-hmm. But when people view that as the only way to play a barbarian, when oh you're a barbarian, that means you're dumb and you live out in the wilderness. No, no, dude, I'm a noble. Did did you just talk back to me? <laughs> did you try to talk to me and not go through my my three secretaries before right. talking to me? Are you How dare me? you roll initiative, good sir? <laughs> good sir. <laughs> I would much. I th- I think I that, am going into rage, good sir. <laughs> exactly. When when you treat each class like your class is what your character is in the world, mm-hmm. then you're kind of hamstringing the potential that you could have. Right there, you know that's that's one option. Mm. But then there's two or three times as many options out there that you could be using instead. Right. Not trying to tell anybody they're doing it wrong, but Mm -hmm. I'm just like, there's other ways to do it. That can be, you have, you know, if you open your mind to this, there's, there's so much you can do in this game. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. Our next question comes from Damien, the DM on discord. And he asks, how do you think is best to portray races in tabletop games that either have significantly longer or shorter lifespans than our own human lives? Yeah. Because as we know, um, we are humans. We are going to live forever. That is important to know right off the bat. Not having existential crises right now. Okay, but go on. Crises. Crises. See, because I know I'm going to live forever, I can be as pedantic as I want. (laughs) So, yeah. this I think this is a great question that... 
doesn't really i i feel like i never encounter this mm-hmm. sometimes i'll i'll put a little bit of time into thinking what my how my character feels about their you know mortality or other people's mortality and such but i do tend to play humans more often than anybody else right um it really does have to be asked what's up elves <laughs> what's up dwarves right like how do you view humans who they've got all this pomp and circumstance but they're like little bait like mm-hmm. they're little babies when they die compared to, to you guys so there's a few different ways that i can see looking at this um from a biological like real life standpoint like yep. you know uh human babies mm-hmm. like are just blobs you have to take care of them for yes. a very long time yes like the you know, infancy in humans is is very long compared to most other animals. I, I remember there was a time I was at a the zoo or museum or something, and there was, we were listening to somebody talk about tortoises or sea, mm-hmm. sea turtles, I think. Sure. And within like five minutes of being born, sea turtles dig themselves out of the ground, find the nearest body of water, and are on their own for the rest of their life, right. assuming they survive that long. Right. I mean... Although that kind of goes against the point I was about to make, which is like, because turtles like can, live for a long time. I can, I can cut it out. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but like, well, it, it's mostly to do with like, you know, mental, like the brain development and stuff like that sure. too. But I mean, like the longer the lifespan, typically the longer like the gestation period, sure. the, the, you know, the like period of infancy and stuff like that. That's a good point. But I mean, like, you know, but a lot of like mammals and stuff, like they, when they're born, they can walk within minutes, Yeah, you know, whereas human babies that takes years yeah you know like so equate that to something that lives for thousands of years like elves which i don't know if it's thousands or is it several hundred i can't remember it's several hundred i think elves are like six or seven hundred years dwarves sure. are like four or five hundred years right something, so something like that so like a a teenage i'm using quotation quote unquote yeah the equivalent of a teenage, teenage like dwarf or something would be in like their 30s or whatever yeah i don't i don't know the exact math but like it like in D is that considered a teenager like or is that or like is somebody like is a dwarf who turn who turns 18 able to drink that or like whatever see yeah that that is i mean well the answer is yes because dwarven children probably drink but <laughs> It's, culturally yes that, it's that is strange because like yes humans don't live as long as as dwarves or whatever and so a lot of people might view dwarves as being like they know more about the world or whatever but when if if a human and a dwarf are born at the same time in 18 years that human is a full-grown adult going out to you know start a business and, and or a family or whatever mm-hmm. and then is the dwarf still in diapers are they are they right what are they doing how like if a human goes to school for X number of years to become a wizard or I guess in real life to graduate from high school or whatever, I don't know. Would a dwarf have to go to school for the same amount of time or longer? Right. If it's longer, does that mean they are worse at learning? Yeah. As, yeah. Are they worse at learning or is it just like they're, you know, cause like the, it's said that like the human brain, it doesn't finish developing until about age 25, 26, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know the exact, you know, the exacts on that, but like, is that the sort of like maybe a dwarf brain doesn't develop until they're, you know, 50. Maybe. I don't know. Cause uh, when we were doing the, the Shackled City adventure path a mm-hmm. while ago, there's the beginning, the first adventure deals with, there's a, a, um, there's an orphanage that some of the kids have been like kidnapped from. Right. And 
I remember just thinking it was weird that in this orphanage, it's like mostly humans, but then there's like a dwarf. And I I guess I never bothered to check how old that character is supposed to be. But it, does that mean that the dwarf kid is like 30 years old or, right. or, or are they like eight years old? Like all, all the humans. Yeah. And then I, I don't know. So, so I guess it's just, these specifics aren't really given, you know? Sure. Like, and I mean, there may be books where the specifics are given, but I mean, that's something that could change with your campaign world. Yeah. Maybe it is that they, they uh, mature just as fast as humans, but then they're just mature for way, way, way longer. Yeah. Maybe that could work. Um, Another way to look at it is uh, there, the uh, the game the, the game series Mass Effect yeah like it deals with like several other alien races and things like that and there's sure. like there's ones like the Asari which live for thousands of years yeah Aziz Asari <laughs> yes sorry go on uh, and Asari then, go on <laughs> and then there's the um, oh gosh I can't remember the name of them, but they're kind of like amphibious or something. I want to look them up. Salarians. Salarians. They're okay. Sal- yeah. The Salarians and they live for like a few decades mm-hmm. and like the Salarians are very, they're very intelligent, but they like, they talk very quick. They do, they do things very quick and they just kind of just, they just do things. Sure. Cause like they don't got a lot of time. They're, they're going to get things done and they're going to get things done, you know, the way that they want them. Yeah. And then, the, but like the Asari are, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're a little bit more, slow to take action and they're like well you know i'm around for a thousand years i can figure this out you know like we'll we'll figure this out eventually don't worry about it so much and like you know they don't they're not as easy to like persuade into doing like big things sure um so like you know a a human will be more about action whereas an elf might be more like all right all right human slow down like (laughs) like dude I've pondered over stuff like this for years. Don't, don't, you know, don't try to get me to make a decision immediately. That, right. That could work. Going with, with what I was saying earlier about like, uh, like going to school and mm-hmm. such. Um, this can also be a thing that might come up with leveling up mm-hmm. because, you know, if leveling up is something that happens in universe, if it is like a, a something that is in some way representative of an actual progression that is happening to the characters. Right. Then, the question should be asked, well, like, is it weird that a, it takes a human, you know, might take a human like X percent of their lifespan to reach level 20 or whatever, whereas an elf, it takes much, much, a much, much smaller percent of their life. Yeah. Or should someone might be able to make the argument, oh, d- elves and dwarves should take longer to level up because <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Or the, there's the the thing of, yeah, it's, it's a yeah 20th level human wizard and a 20th level elf wizard yeah like they they have hundreds of years between them <laughs> right but know the same amount it's that like are they bad at learning you know right but i think it, it could just be down to like they're taking their time sure because they know they got it yeah i like the idea of the longer lived races are more stagnant uh-huh. possibly are slower to act i think that if you are playing a campaign that Everybody in the group is uh, is a non-human. Like if everybody is a dwarf or an elf mm-hmm. or gnome, I think gnomes are long-lived. Whatever the case, if everybody is playing a, a race with a lifespan longer than that of a human, I think you should express you sh- you should make the campaign take longer in universe. I think there should be more downtime. Mm-hmm. I think there should be like more periods where 
a few days happen in the middle of the adventure before anything happens. I mean, if the adventure is like, oh, you got to rescue this person because they're going to be killed in two days. Right. Okay. Maybe focus, maybe focus away from that sort of a campaign and make it more about, make it more about long-term changes. Sure. And really play up the fact that you're all playing characters that after, if this campaign is over in one year, it's going to be like a tiny sliver of your life. Right. Yeah. It's not going to mean as much to your, yeah. To the character. Whereas like, how about what if, what if a campaign took place over a century? Sure. I'm kind of, I'm down for that. Right. Wars could happen in that time. Yeah, absolutely. Empires rise and fall. Like, you know, there's always the idea of players getting their own little like home base or something like that. Maybe in that, like within that span of a hundred years, their little base turns into a whole town or something. That would be so cool. Yeah. And then, um, I said, I said to do this if the play, if the entire group is non-humans, but what if you did do this where one person was a human and halfway through the campaign, they basically just reskinned their character as a different character because their original character is now too old. Right. And their new character. And like, not even just that, but if there is going to be, oh yeah, a couple years between this adventure and the next one to the elves and the dwarves, that might just be like, yeah, no problem, whatever. I'm still on board. But then the person playing the human might be like, guys, it's been years since we started this. I don't know if I feel the same way I did when we started this adventure. Yeah. I kind of like the struggles that a human would have to deal with living with people that are non-humans that their their scope their scale for how they're going to react to stuff is so much bigger than mine. Yeah. I kind of like that idea, but it's it's something it's one of those things that it's got to be what the campaign is about. Yeah. We've talked about like if the campaign is about survival, it would be cool to introduce a whole bunch of, you know, carrying capacity and all sorts of survival right, yeah. rules. If it's not about that, it would be kind of cumbersome. Mhm. Similarly, I think if it's not the point of the campaign, this might not quite work. But if it was, if, you know, you agreed at the beginning of the campaign, I kind of want to see what it's like when my character has to deal with the fact that he's aging five times as fast as everybody else. Yeah. Could be like, yeah, the adventure ended with you, like, banishing a demon or something. And it's like, well, you guys are, like, taking a pact. Like, okay, next time this demon shows up, we're all going to get together again and deal with it. Sure. I think think I'm thinking of... It? Austin Powers? <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> That's where my mind went. But no, you're yeah, it it is totally. Yeah. So it's like, but you know, where one of the characters is human and the rest are you know, elves or whatever. Sure. It's like it's been fifty years. Now the demon's back again and they all everyone's like, All right, let's get our stuff together and we'll deal with the demon again. They go over to, you know, you know, average Joe human's house and he's like, Guys, I I can't. I got grandkids. I lost my arm last year. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, I lost my arm in a farming accident. Like, right. it's like, you guys have to go on without me. The elves are like, what are you talking about? Stuff just grows on its own. And they point over and like a stalk of <laughs> corn just pops up out of the ground. Right. Yeah. The druid casts, you know, a, a cantrip that grows plants. And yeah. he's like, see? And he's like, oh, thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> really making me feel good about about this uh, this lifestyle. Right. Um. So I, I think that. I mean, the question is, what is, what do you think is, how do you think is best to portray Mm -hmm. races? I think that probably the, the best way is to just kind of downplay it a bit. If it's just one person in the group is a dwarf or an elf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe once in a while have throw in a comment about, oh, you know. Right. Oh yeah. I know your grandfather. We were. 
best friends. How's he doing? Oh, he, he died 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> well, he's like, yeah, well, when I was in this war, it's like, <laughs> right. you mean the great war from ancient times? You're like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the humans is like, oh, man, back in the war. And the dwarf's like, <clears throat> which one? <laughs> yeah. Which? Yeah. I got, <laughs> I've seen 12. That country doesn't exist anymore. What yeah. do you, which one? You got to be more specific <laughs> than that. So, I mean. Or yeah, they, they call countries by old names yes. and stuff like that it, it's yes. like yeah like it was like they no. refer to when somebody's like hey how do i how do we find our way to the whatever be like oh yeah just turn left at the general store oh the general store is not there anymore um <laughs> yeah it's turn yeah. right at the old tree oh wait uh it's 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 my dad whenever we go driving through our old na- our old you know neighborhood it's like yeah. oh yeah this used to be a such and such and you know i find myself doing that now really? <laughs> like 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 driving through uh, my old hometown. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. They put up they, they, that didn't used to be there. And they used to have a, this there. And like, I was like, Oh my God, I'm turning into my dad. Yeah. Where I work now, if I take, if I don't take the most expedient route, I can pass through where, where I grew up, like the street I grew up on. And yeah, it's so, so different. Mm-hmm. I, I've only done it a couple times in the last five years. Right. But whenever I do, it's like, there used to be a school there, and now it's the parking lot of a Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> the Walmart is where something else used to be. Right. So they could be making, dropping comments of basically like, oh, yeah, we're going to go head by Constantinople. It's like, no, that's <laughs> sure, sure. And I think my example was wrong. The dwarf would be like, turn right at the little sapling. I'm like, oh, you mean that old dead tree that has been there for 60 years? <laughs> right. Yeah. Same thing. Right. You know. Yeah. The, the plant. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, probably the best way is to just kind of just throw in a reference here and there. Maybe give give a, a dwarf or an elf a a bonus on something. Maybe give a shorter lived race a advantage on a skill check because, like, this is something that's it's it's like in such recent history that the other races probably aren't aren't viewing it under the same scope. Right. So, like, if it's a history check of something that happened within the last year, mm. maybe the dwarf and the elf. It's not even on their radar yet. Ooh, it's kind of like players that had usually played 3.5 and are now playing 5th edition yeah. versus players that are playing first, uh, D&D under 5th edition for the first time. Okay. The person who used to play 3.5 might be remembering a rule from 3.5. Oh, Jeff, you're hitting too close to home. Man. Right. Go on, go on. <laughs> so, so it's like, but the guy who just started playing D&D, who's new to D&D, but... Yeah. Like only knows fifth edition might know the rules of fifth edition better, sure, than the person who's been playing D anD D for decades, maybe because when, they're actually accidentally thinking of you know several editions ago when some new magic spells come out, right? The dwarf has to get the human to come over and program them into the VCR <laughs> because, <laughs> because they just uh, they can't. No matter what, it just keeps flashing twelve. Right. It's like yeah, like trying to try to teach my grandma how to use my uh, use a computer exactly. oh that's yes that's that's the kind of stuff you should do this this so, I mean, is it light-hearted stuff is yes. probably probably the best way right um however i very much would be down for a campaign that is about the passage of time and the right. different perspectives of the different races i think that could be really interesting yeah so yeah either yeah you could do that and like focus the campaign on the idea of, of difference in age or, yeah. you know, or just throw in a few little, little, you know, little lighthearted jokes in there. Basically. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that I should, I think should be explored a bit more than it is mm-hmm. because like, that's such a huge thing. If like, 
if you were trying to talk to your grandmother or let's let's say someone else's grandmother yeah. that you don't have a familial connection with. Sure. The things that the two of you value are going to be so different mm. for one of you to try to convince the other of of something that is important to you is going to be so hard. Think of it then if, well, that's not just someone's grandma. That's someone's great, great grandma who's been around for so long yeah. that like they don't even know. They have not even committed my city's name to memory because to them <laughs> it's, it's only been around for, it's only been around for 50 years. Right. And it's like, well, the, av- the average age of a city is, you know, like, like they don't expect that city to be around for much longer. Exactly. Last time, like last time I, last time I invested in that town, it was gone thirty years later. I don't, right. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really do think that it is something that should be explored more than it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, what, whatever listeners, whatever you come up with, <laughs> let us know how it goes. Right. I, I would love to hear stories about that. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that'll do it for our regular questions for today. But we do still have our social media discussion questions. Last time's social media discussion question was, have you ever felt like you were playing RPGs too much? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know if I've ever said, if I've ever felt like I did it too much. However, I've definitely felt like it was getting there. There was a point when I was in, in just out of high school, I had three games going on at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned this when we, when I brought this up a couple weeks ago, I, I was in like a, our regular game or something. I was in a mutants and masterminds game. And then I think we started another game that only went, only lasted for a couple sessions, but three games a week. I don't have time for that nowadays. No, I not, don't know why I thought I had time for it back then. Right. But it fell apart pretty quick. But two of those fell apart pretty quickly because sure you know, for whatever reason. But, yeah. um, so we got. A few responses on Facebook. Sean M says, I have in some ways. In gaming in general, I'm big on solo experience RPGs or building games. It's like a zen calm. But I've wondered at times if the gaming was too much. Particularly as a single guy and introvert, I know it doesn't help the relationship side of things if I'm not being socially active in real life. I'm okay with small bouts of social activity since I can be very extroverted on my own terms, but I wouldn't say I prefer being that way regularly. The D&D and Pathfinder experiences I've had since I was 30, I'm turning 35 in a week, happy birthday Sean M, helped with becoming more socially active by forcing me to be better coordinated with consistent groups meeting at consistent times. Being fiercely independent is a good thing until it isn't, and I have to remind myself that I have to work with others, even my friends, more. So I think Sean really hits on something that like, uh, it... D&D can be a very important thing for people who are not great at at socializing or even just fitting a, a, a consistent schedule. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of people that do struggle with that sort of thing. I can definitely empathize with that. I definitely have felt that way at times. So having having an activity like that, you know, on, in some people's view might be, quote unquote, too much. But for other people, it can be like, this is the one thing that's getting me to leave the house and socialize with others. Right. So, yeah, in, in that way, you know, I, I hope it doesn't seem like I was passing judgment when asking if anybody's done it too much. You know, it's up to your own definition of whether it's, quote unquote, too much or not. I'm not saying that it is good or bad to play a lot. Yeah. You know, if you don't think it's too much, hey. Then it's I'm, not. Yeah. I'm, it's not. I'm not. I'm not saying it is. So, um, but I think this is a very interesting thing to point out, like, 
yeah, this, this can actually be a very good escape for some people out of their monotonous, introverted, you know, yeah. independent lives. Yep. So, so yeah, thank you, Sean M for writing that in. I really, I think that was a good, good message. Yeah. A lot better than my answer. <laughs> <laughs> now on to some other people that don't have as good of answers. Am oh. I right? Uh, no, uh, Dustin F says, when I played Baldur's Gate, I used to dream green rings around people's feet. When, I don't know what that means, but Jeff laughed. So that's, uh, when I was playing Witcher, I had to stop myself from picking all the flowers and mushrooms I came across. Right. Okay. There was a time I was playing Minecraft a whole lot. Yeah. And I was driving down the road and there was an overpass. Oh, I get it. I get it now. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I was driving down the road and there was an overpass, but the overpass went kind of on an angle yeah. across the street I was driving on. And I'm like, how did they get it to go on an <laughs> angle like that? Oh, it's because it's not made of blocks it's not in, made of in, cubes it's not made of cubes in a video game that's on on a grid like yeah. you can build on an angle because it's the real world right <laughs> that uh that is referred to as the tetris effect right because people who played tetris when it you know when tetris first came out they would find themselves like looking at everything around them and trying to like fit pieces trying to fit together. pieces together exactly yeah. so um Haley B, who is a friend of mine, um, who she was on a bonus episode of our podcast many mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Her and her friend Brandon were on that. I'll get back to them in just a second. Haley says, nah, generally I just play D&D twice a month and I don't usually play RPG video games. Sure. And yeah, like twice a month, I think that's that's pretty standard. Like I think some people play weekly, but I think more people, more busy people like myself probably play bi-weekly or, right, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I figured most people probably wouldn't think that they play it too much, but I did want to um, bring up Haley and her friend, Brandon, and another friend that I've never met. Uh, they started a podcast called passing laughs. Hmm. I am not sure offhand right now if it is on like iTunes or whatever, but you can find them on YouTube. I'll try to put a note in the show notes, but, um, their first episode, it's, it's a comedy podcast. It's kind of just three friends just goofing around. Yeah. But their first episode was a debate of is a hot dog a sandwich oh <laughs> they went in they they reached some weird places yeah in this episode okay <laughs> uh, again i'll put in the show notes yeah very interested. it's like 30 minutes long so he's just you know listening to them <laughs> talk a debate about whether a hot dog, hot dog is a sandwich. sandwich so there's so, no yeah. oh there's no debate gabe then maybe you need to listen to this episode <laughs> jeff <laughs> Anyway, uh, next up on Facebook, Lisa G says no. <laughs> uh, to which I responded, no, because you always want more D&D. And then she responds, no. <laughs> so that's, that's my wife. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> Her response is always just nope. Yeah, pretty much. Whatever will end the discussion about immediately. D- yeah. Um, over on Reddit, we got uh, got a couple. Javakler says, my wife would say yes. I disagree, though. I once had a game four nights a week. Some weeks I would have five games with two of them on the same day. What? Javakler, where are you finding all these hours is, right. what, I, is what I, I want to know. How do you do it? Right. Well, but then uh, then they go on to say, since graduating college, starting a real, quote unquote, grown up person job Ugh. and having a kid, I am lucky to play every other week. Right. I mean, that well, sounds more realistic to me. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's still impressive, though, having a job and a kid and playing every other week. Yeah. Like, I can't play her any other week. I don't have a kid. And like, I know my job. Doesn't... Podcast is my kid. Right. 
That's true. <laughs> um, Pruno says, with raising small children, finding time is difficult, but soon they will be old enough to play. Oh, all right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, this is a D&D house. You, right. You play, you're in my ro- house. You play under my rules. <laughs> Fifth edition rules. There, there you go. <laughs> but dad, they've um, made seventh edition now. Sorry, go. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we don't talk about that edition. <laughs> no. Says Dan. Um, Komanid says, sadly, yes. There were times in my studies where I lived just from game to game in a bi-weekly basis. At least it was my most glorious time as a DM. Mm. I can, I can, I can feel you. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like, you could see it as like, yeah, I definitely, play, definitely played too much, but I still had a great time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think anybody regrets it yeah well I mean, maybe and we'll we'll see i like i like the comic where it's like a guy like his life flashing before his eyes and it's just him sitting at a computer playing video games and it, i love it, like that. And it go, cuts back and he's like nice yeah <laughs> or there, there's another one that it's like a person sitting in front of the computer and then it's them same spot but older same spot but older and then it's them as a skeleton in front of the computer and then they're at the portal of the gates and you know Michael is like, uh, all right, well, you're here, you're in heaven, you can do whatever you want. And then it's just him sitting in front of the computer right. again. <laughs> uh, uh, Alistair the Minotaur says, I guess this really depends on your lifestyle. I played almost every Saturday for about six to eight hours a pop for nearly three years. I would have liked to have been in another game at the time, but I was an early 20-something with few responsibilities. Now I play once a month, and while I'd love to play more often, between school, work, and keeping up the house, there's no way I'd be able to fit it in. So the answer is, though the amount I've played has been variable, I've always tailored my gaming to my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what most people do. Yeah. You know, it is a leisure activity, so you pretty much do it however much you have time for. Right. You know, I was just curious if anybody ever had a moment where they're like, whoa, I'm, I need to cut back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Over on Twitter, (laughs) over on Twitter, we only got two responses. Uh, Stephen M says, no, (laughs) to which I replied, fair enough. And then T says, no, nope. (laughs) There you go. That's Twitter. Never great input. Yeah. From our Twitter followers. Never enough. Uh, we got a few on uh, on Discord. E Thompson 03 says, that's like saying you breathe too much oxygen. Mm. Not possible. <laughs> sure. Except that also is um, possible. Oh, what, breathing too much <laughs> oxygen? You can hyperventilate. You can die from breathing pure oxygen. Anyway, sure. I understand the sentiment. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Peace Ray Pancakes replied with, that's called oxygen poisoning. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but P-Story Pancake says, uh, but on principle, I agree. It's more like too much life happens for me to play as much RPGs as I want. Yeah. So there you go. Damien the DM says, no, I don't. We barely play once a month. I'd love to have a life balance that allows once or twice a week. That'd be pretty cool. Debrasaur says, I don't play enough. Adult scheduling is garbage and flakes are worse. <laughs> I am artwork says, it is impossible to organize a gaming group to meet up enough to get to that point. Even as a we have three we run DM with a pretty open schedule, it is still a feat to accomplish. Mm. So that's when like you might have five people in your group, but you're gonna play as long as three people show up. Right, yeah. You know. Yeah, I have I have given thought to that sort of that style of, of play. Yeah. Uh Dustin F says, back in college I had multiple games going in a week. On Tuesday nights we would play White Wolf. On Thursday nights I, I would play D D as an Air Genasi mage. On Fridays, I would play D&D as a half-dragon sorcerer. I was doing all of this in addition to studying for my Bachelor's of Biology. Side note, uh, 
<laughs> Side note, I failed biology. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, the largest in largest in-game time dilation I ever had was a 10-round battle in D&D. It was set up as a King of the Hill match. There were eight players with eight opponents. The one minute of game time took 10 hours. Whoa. We only stopped because it was 7 a.m. and we had class. Yeah, 10 rounds with eight people, not including the... That's the dm i mean that's that tracks that sounds sounds appropriate to me oh my god and then clarification i do not think it was too much gaming in fact i missed the frequency (laughs) there you go uh and uh still skin 84 says to answer the question only when my wife tells me i am Mm. in truth i've never had more than one regular game and one experimental game going at the same time even so both games often had some of the same players in common so the b campaign really only saw play when the A campaign was called off. Mm. Now that I have kids, it's highly unlikely that I will ever ever have more than one session per week until they get older. More accurately, I am struggling for two sessions a month. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I totally, I feel you. Still skin Koopa 84. That uh, that definitely definitely seems like the adult life that, right. are, that most of us are having to, to deal with right now. So. Yeah, really, this was just to, just to confirm that we're all uh, in the same my, boat. My aching back. <laughs> yeah, I'm all my bones. I think a, a storm's coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that'll do it for last week's question or last question. The next question is, fiends, celestials, slods, modrons, etc. What are your favorite extraplanar creatures? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I've given too much thought to like extra planar stuff. I, like slods were always kind of interesting, just because yeah. of like all the different varieties. Sure. Like I, I, I like, I like monsters that have like several types. You know, because sure, you sure. can imagine like the kind of environments that each one lives in and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. I. If I don't actually like Modrons that much, but I really like Inevitables, which are like the, they are beings from the plane of Mechanus. Yeah. That, like. There was the one that was like a centaur with like spike chains coming out of its arms. Oh man, or something. And then oh, there's in the, Marut? The, the Marut is another one of them. <laughs> the, so one, I, the one that was confused with the cockatrice. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Shadowhand Silverbones failed his uh, his religion check. Um, so I I like I like Mechanus as an idea. I don't think I like Modrons very much. I think Modrons are kind of odd. Odd. <laughs> I was gonna say silly, but I guess that works yeah. too. Um, but so I, I like the mechanical. Uh, extra planar creatures, mm. but uh, I also, you know, I've, I've, I, some of the celestials I think have such cool character designs. Yeah, demons and devils, you know, I, some of them are cool, but most of them I think I could, I could pass on. Right. Yeah. You know? But yeah, there's, there's a lot of cool ones out there, so I'm excited to hear what, what some of our listeners have to say. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for our questions for this week. But before we close out, we, uh, we, we're gonna let's wind down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> let's let's remember those who have come before us who have given their lives so that we may have a better place to live in a better world a better multiverse to live in mm-hmm. as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre today's funeral pyre story was submitted by collins b via discord And the story goes as follows. This is the continued adventures of Acquisitions Incorporated team down in one. So I'm actually not 100% sure. This has been referenced before. I don't know what Acquisitions Incorporated is, but I think this might be spoilers for whatever that is. So I don't don't know. Anyway, so if, if you know what Acquisitions Incorporated is and you don't want potential spoilers, skip forward a little bit. Sure. Intern Skidda Ziegler. 
Mark of Sentinel Human and Cleric of Ilmater had gotten his lucky break. An employee requisition form was submitted by the Fandolin branch of the company after Mordbrand the Dwarf was eaten by a ghoul. Skidda joined the team as their new obviator and had been with the franchise about a week when they were investigating the Silent Sound Lighthouse after the Order of the Stout Half-Pint had been massacred some time ago inside. Man, th- not knowing what Acquisitions <laughs> Incorporated is, this is real interesting. This is wild. All of the names yeah. in this. <laughs> I like it. After clearing out the Lighthouse of Undead and confronting the necromancer responsible in the secret basement, they decided to explore the super secret basement that had been used by a mysterious wizard over a decade ago. Inside, they found replica Modrons, which Skidda aggroed. In the next room, he went first and was attacked by two swarms of spiders, knocked unconscious, but he was healed by the party's occultant, Talantha Three Coins. Occultant. Occultant. Yes. That's amazing. In the next room, they came across replica Tridrones and a replica Quadrone Ooh. repairing a recharging station. Skidda interrupted their work and was attacked by the three Tridrones and punched to death. Yeah. In the ensuing fight, his body was covered in oil by the party's keg robot and set on fire by Leophanus, the party's decisionist sorcerer. (laughs) With another failed headquarters cleared out, the party must once again file an employee requisition form to head office for a position that may well be cursed, but only time will tell. Mm. (laughs) Well, um, oh boy, I guess let's raise a glass in memory of Skidda Ziegler, the Mark of Sentinel human and cleric of Ilmater, who uh, should have checked the box on Form B? Clink. <laughs> well, that'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. You can find show notes, links to media mentioned on the show, and running lists of questions and magic items on our blog at interpartyconflict.com. You can join us on social media. Find us on Facebook, on Reddit, on our Interparty Discord, or on Twitter at InPartyConflict for our weekly social media questions. If you answer them, your answers might end up on the show. Check us out on all the uh, podcast apps of your choice, iTunes, Google Play, Music, Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, Please give us a rating or a review or subscribe or just tell a friend. If you'd like to support the show monetarily, you can check out the rewards at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. We have a few different tiers and rewards on each of them, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, would go towards making the show better, and you'll get some bonus content for it. Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is our YouTube channel where we play video games. Yes. Speaking of video games, check out my side project, the Arcade Memories Podcast. If you'd like to submit your own childhood memories of going to the arcade, you can send them to arcadememoriespodcast at gmail.com. Also head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show. What you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, Tom and Mary at hollandspiel.com will give you two free printable board games. So go do it. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So Jeff, until next time. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> <laughs>